Grocery store run in me Younger, old, you can catch a bow If you need me Give me six feet If you wanna keep it friendly If you cough, things will pop off Rather quickly Ridley Yo, I think it's time to hit the reset Think about your life and every single regret Haven't you heard? A queen is on the rise Wear a mini hat so she can open up your eyes Join the convo, the podcast is lit Cop a pen to the spice up your fit, yeah She's a producer, you can vibe to a remix She do the most, but she ain't come to do the least Whether it's the combo or the music you want Find it all here at tttalks.com Come and stimulate your mind with tttalks Promise you'll never fall behind when The knowledge you're seeking you can find when tttalks.com So come on and get with tttalks Peace, family. It's your girl, T.T. from T.T. Talks. So glad to be back behind the mic again to bring you some more bomb content. And shout out to my brother, Tremaine Lamar, on this slapping track called 30 Days off his Songs from Earth EP. Y'all make sure y'all check it out now. It's such a dope conceptual project about everything happening with COVID-19. Thank you all for your engagement online, as well as the T.T. Talks Facebook group. Special thank you to my patrons on Patreon. If you enjoy my content, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash TT Talks and check out all of the different tiers. You can be a patron for as little as $3 a month. Y'all, that is almost free now. I'm working on producing a TT Talk series with expats in various places in Africa. I'm also writing a book and producing animations as well as content for children. So all of your support will be greatly appreciated. Follow TT Talks on social media at TT Talks on IG, TT underscore Talks on TikTok, at MS TT Talks, that's Miss TT Talks, on Twitter and New Network. Oh, by the way, a sister named Tavana Evans, you remember her from episode 13 of TT Talks, started a social media network. So meet me at new, that's N-U dot network. Also got to shout out my brother, Adrian Cole. He created a new way to engage online with something called Voice Blast. I'll be using it quite a bit, so look out for that. You can also shoot me a text on 850-509-1194 if you want to do business or talk about how I can host your event or be a guest on your show, or do some beats and instrumentals or audio video edits for your content. I'm very accessible, so just hit me up, all right? And listen to and subscribe to the podcast on tttalks.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and now iHeartRadio. Last episode, I chopped it up with my good sister friend, Dr. Ieli Ichile. She is a historian and Harriet Tubman scholar, and the ancestors gifted us Kanye's comment about Mama Harriet right before we recorded, so we really had a chance to talk about Mama Harriet in a more critical manner. Here's a short clip from that discussion. Harriet tried everything. Like, Harriet would respect the marchers, and Harriet would give respect to the people pulling down the monuments, and Harriet would give respect to people trying to pass legislation, and Harriet would give respect to people who were like, I'm, I'm not dealing with any of that. I'm straight up revolution. I'm burning it all down. Like, Harriet, Essentially, if you were trying to work for the liberation of African people, Harriet could probably get behind you some kind of way and support you in some kind of way. She supported John Brown's raid at Harper's Ferry, but also tried to free people by joining the U.S. military. She was like, I'll try whatever it takes. Like, 
it, at the end of the day, if my people get something called uh, akin to freedom, I'm gonna try to push them there and support whoever else is heading in that direction. So I liked, I it, it took a little pressure off of me learning mm. that about her mm. um, because I feel like we kind of get in your little our little silos of like, mm -hmm. I'm a cultural nationalist, I'm a revolutionary nationalist. This is the only way we gonna get free. And it's like, no, this is a multifaceted problem that we're facing. Maybe those people who are doing like civil rights legislation and you think that that's mild or something like that, and it's just not enough. That's just a half measure or whatever. Maybe those people who are doing that are creating the breathing room for mm. you to continue your work, which may be on the more radical end of the spectrum, but they, it's necessary. Like, yeah. like, just let them do it, you know? If you missed that show, make sure you catch up, Mustard. This episode, episode 33, I have my brother Diallo Sumbri. Y'all remember him from episode nine. Africa can't be a dirty word for us no more. Right. Like, like it's 2018. Come on, it's Wi-Fi. Like, yeah. come on, y'all. Like, you can't, Africa can't be a dirty word when you got Wi-Fi. It's like, it, we can't be afraid to travel there. It, it can't be it's too far, it's too hot. It's 2018, you know what I mean? So it's time for us to reach out, reach beyond. And let me just say, all African-Americans owe it, to, owe it to themselves to get there. Choose your country and go. Yeah. Engage with the people there and then go often. Go again. Go as much as you can. If you can go once every two years, go. And see what that begins to do for your spirit. See how it wakens up this thing that's inside of you. And a lot of young people who are in bad situations, they sometimes feel like they were born to struggle. Mm -hmm. And they were born to go through all of this trauma. Mm -hmm. and born to just have a hard life. And it's just like, no, your birthright is not struggle. Your birthright is not hardness, toughness. It's living a good life it's, mm -hmm. it's you know it's wealth it's abundance it's it's all of these things that 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 we are so i just kind of use that as as one of my core values and just kind of i drive everything from that idea that it's my birthright to have a good life he's back back in the states and back on tt talks in case you have been under a rock big shit is popping in ghana okay there was a citizenship event in Ghana in November of 2019 where the president of Ghana gave 126 African diasporans citizenship. Also, Jamaica nationals can visit Ghana without a visa. Just like in episode 32, the ancestors gifted us with Black is King right before Diallo and I recorded. So from one Pan-African to another, Diallo and I were able to chop it up about this Pan-African project by Beyonce, as well as his own Pan-African projects happening in Ghana. Y'all gonna love this one. But before I jump into Diallo's talk with Titi, let me share some critique of Black is King. I have many thoughts about this piece and folks have been asking me my opinions. I definitely have some critique, but I also was overwhelmingly impressed with the scope and the scale of the project. I read an article in Essence by the brilliant Burundian Pan-African activist, Judy Kael Irakosi. The title of her piece was, Why We Must Be Careful When Watching Beyonce's Black is King. I'm going to read a little excerpt from it, and uh, we'll just talk about it a little bit, okay? It reads, There is a real danger in romanticizing pre-colonial Africa. The glorification of kingdoms before white men met us erases the reality that Africa wasn't exactly a paradise. African kingdoms were rife with slavery, imperialism, women's oppression, and class oppression. Not everyone was a king or even a queen. More importantly, not every black person in African countries had the potential of being born into a royal family or accessing its benefits. Our beloved Toni Morrison told us, the very serious function of racism is distraction. 
It keeps you explaining over and over again your reasons for being. Somebody says you have no language and you spend 20 years proving that you do. This has been our struggle as black people, living under the blinding effects of the white gaze. By continuously proving that we are worthy and even more harshly by participating in structures that uphold whiteness, such as capitalism and imperialism, under the guise of black power. My queen Beyonce is a powerful, transcending artist with the power to instill in us liberating imaginations. As a woman of African descent whose ancestors survived generations of enslavement, she has the right to tap into her Africanness and find her connections to the continent and her belonging to the land. But when she willingly, through her art, participates in telling romanticized African royalty stories rooted in glamorizing Africa, she indirectly dehumanizes our Africanness. She validates neocolonialism entrenched in negotiating and proving our humanity by pretending we're superhuman. One could wonder, are Africans humans with dignity if they are not kings and queens, draped in gold and diamonds? Are we saying our ancestors shouldn't have been enslaved because they were kings and queens and not simply because they were humans? Now, I think this was incisive critique. There are some things I view differently than she does, but this is an important conversation that I would like to have an ongoing dialogue about. From my view, I didn't see Black as King as a piece for white people or the white gaze. And also, it was fiction, not a documentary. It kind of reminds me of the time I was in Ghana and Black Panther had been released in the States. And I had seen it a couple of times in the States and it had just released in Ghana a few days prior to my arrival. So of course I went to see it again. I paid less attention to the movie since I had already seen it and paid more attention to how people were responding. After the movie, I even sat out in the wee hours talking about the movie and its impact with a couple of local brothers. So even though the same critique that Sister Irakosi applied to um, Black is King, it can still be applied to Black Panther, but the conversations that opened up as a result of the art is my true measure of success. All that said, here were some of my issues with Black is King. There were definitely times where it was so over the top that it was hard to follow the storyline, even though it was familiar using the Lion King to drive the story. As with Irakozi, I also have critique of our obsession with royalty. That whole we were kings and queens narrative, or my personal favorite, we was kings, is vague. And it lacks the critical and historical analysis needed to really have a deeper understanding. For the sake of clarity and context, we do have some rare examples of kings and queens narrative here on this land and on this side of the pond, i.e. Queen Nanny, who was born in what is now Ghana and ended up in Jamaica and eventually was leader of a maroon society. Now this is definitely a kings and queens example worth exploring, but also the reality is that it was often the ruling class who sold our ancestors into slavery. Read up on Madame Tinubu of Abiokuta in what is now Nigeria. She was from a wealthy merchant family that sold everything, including people. There are so many dynamics involving this subject and it's beyond the scope of this particular episode, but perhaps in the near future, I can get a Pan-African panel together of folks so that we can really get to the meat of this conversation. I would absolutely love to see more representation of Africa that honors the everyday people, the entrepreneurs, the folks in tech, the hunters, the textile makers and the dyers, the blacksmiths and artisans and the market women and the fishermen and the educators and the priests and priestesses. We certainly need to have more robust and inclusive representation. After watching Black is King, I was interviewed by Latrice Sampson Richards. 
on Afros and audio virtual podcast Creative Kickback. And I was asked about Black is King. And here was my initial response. That's why I really enjoyed, uh, you know, Black is King. I really wanted to take my time and, and talk about it because I had a, I have a lot of layered and complex feelings about it. And there's absolutely room for critique. Uh, but right now, I'm just happy to see Black people, uh, like Black Panther. There's critique to be had. But I'm, yes. just, I'm happy to see Black folks enjoying something on one accord. Um, yes. The scope and the scale, it was visually stunning. Um, it was yeah. a true Pan-African project. Now, right after that interview, I went live on Facebook and kind of expanded a little bit more on what I was talking about. I know you uh, reviewed Black is King. How would you rate it? Uh, it's, it's too early for me to rate it. Uh, I have a little bit of critique on it that I'm still mulling through and thinking about and I want to watch it a few more times. Overall, I thought it was pretty magnificent though. I mean, the scope and the scale was just uh, mind-blowing. Um, anything that's unifying for Black people is, is, is a win for me. Um, I think there's space to critique it, but I also think that sometimes you just gotta let some shit breathe, man. Let the shit breathe, man. So from my point of view, let's just keep viewing and enjoying and critiquing Black is King. I like the conversations that it's stirring up here and across the water. But enough about that. Let's get into this combo with one of my favorite Pan-Africans, president and founder of the Adinkra Group, Ghana Tourism Ambassador, Diallo Sumbri. Family, peace, family. It's your girl, Titi from TT Talks. I am super duper excited. I'm always excited to have a show. Super excited about this guest. You know, it's always dope when I have a frequent flyer on the show. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, he gonna, I'm going to have to put the official TT Talks stamp on his passport because, you know, um, I think he was on episode, it was either eight or nine in the first season. And we nine. It was episode nine. Okay. And uh, we, we we talked about um, uh, Ghana. We had just come back from Ghana, and uh, we were talking about that. And uh, we, yeah, we just. And then I came back and did some content at the Birthright Show um, last summer, Which and was dope. it was fantastic, fantastic. And um, so yes, Diallo has been in Ghana, and he is back on this side and um i just wanted to catch up with the brother you know he kind of be in the wind you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> one second boom i thought diallo was just in ghana he ain't been in dc for two weeks you know what i'm saying but that's <laughs> but you know what that's that's a beautiful thing to be able to move like that and um so welcome Ooh. brother good to see you good to see you too thank you for having me back oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah got to got to um now, so wait, what, what episode is this what number this is this is uh 33 okay this is 33. i wanted to see if i was a a multiple of nine but three times three is nine mm -hmm. so 33 okay mm -hmm. okay hey I, I look i'm just saying i'm just talking shit because i don't know nothing about numerology <laughs> you're trying to get your coincidences on man <laughs> i don't know the way the energy been feeling lately i i'm right. kind of liking how stuff is kind of, uh, the energy's kind of been popping. So, uh, mm -hmm. welcome back home. Good to see you. We're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in Ghana, what's been going on since you've been back, things going on with the Adinkra group, Fire Feeling Kind. Mm -hmm. They just dropped mm -hmm. that fire ass video the other day. More coming. Had my stories chirping. People in there, yo, <laughs> who, is, who is this? <laughs> I was like, 
them the young G's right there, man. They get right. Man, who who is the young lion? Who I is love the young it. lion. I love it. I love it. Um, so Diallo, I was just talking to Diallo before we started recording about how uh last week, uh last episode with uh Dr. Yelly Achille, she and I ended up talking about Harriet Tubman because Kanye kind of had uh some commentary about mama harriet right before our show and since she's a historian it kind of fell in our laps and so i wanted to talk with with brother diallo about like pan-africanism things that he's been doing in ghana expand on what we kind of talked about the first time he was on and uh beyonce done dropped black as king so the internet's kind of buzzy you know right now with what's going on and you know, there's a camp of people who is just like, y'all, it's the best shit ever in the world. You know, Wakanda forever. And then there's like another camp who is seeing it in a different light. But Brother Diallo came on and just said like one sentence. He was like, it was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. Just one sentence. So talk to me. And I just I just watched it today. Okay. Um, Before I even can talk about what I did or didn't or whatever... I'm impressed by the scope of the project. Just the scope of the project. It was a, it's a big, big, big idea. I mean, it, it looked like a logistical nightmare, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was executed. Some... Right. Very beautifully. Right. Very beautifully. I saw hundreds of black people on TV. Yep. On working, Disney. entertaining, set designing. Mm-hmm fashion designing, music, mm-hmm. art. And just from a, a visual standpoint, it was really stunning. I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. And I appreciated the amount of work that went into it. Um, what, what were your thoughts on it? What did you think about it? Well, you know, so I, I went to a friend's house the other night. And his wife is like self-proclaimed. DMV, Beyonce, Beehive, chapter president. <laughs> so it was serious. You know what I'm saying? They had the banner when you walk in, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and I didn't really get a chance to watch it there because I was I was on the on the other side with my brethren just catching up. Um, but I watched it when I got home the next day. I think I watched it the next day. So I got a chance to sit and watch it from the front to the back. So you know, I, so when you're into production, right, and when you're into art, it's hard, I can't watch it without looking at, like, the camera transitions, mm-hmm. the angles, mm-hmm. the color, the choreography. Mm-hmm. Even I'm sitting there thinking, like, damn, who put this story together? Right. Because it's right. a visual album. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a movie, but it's a visual album where somebody had to make a track list and mm-hmm. decide, you know, what goes in the order. Beyonce and them already did that. Then somebody actually had to be creative to put um, a visual story to each song so that it makes sense and that so that it's seamless, right? And most of us who are on, on this, on the receiving side of the art, the average person will never know what it feels like to be in a studio. They'll never know what it feels like to actually sit on a bench and do edits, color correction, and just, you know, how right, it is working right. with multiple creative directors. Yes. 
So that part alone was incredible, mm-hmm. right? It was just incredible. When I look at all of the black creatives that she worked with, when I look at the makeup and some of the scenery, I mean, the ladies dancing, what's the, the water choreography, like so much of it was just really incredible. Um, so when I look at it from that standpoint, it's just like, really from every standpoint, it's incredible. Um, so when I watched it, I just had a great appreciation for it. You know, some of us who've been professionally black all our life, we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for quote unquote mainstream to catch up, you know what I'm saying? And to be able to present some of the things that we know and to present imagery, video and songs about black African spirituality mm-hmm. in a way that can at least maybe help open the doors for other people to begin to do some research and learn. So like, right, you know, right. I'm, I'm pretty clear about, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty clear that I loved it and I'm pretty clear that I believe um, mm-hmm. it's a benefit in society. I think from a creative uh, uh, perspective, it can really go down as one of the best black African creative works that have ever been made when you, when we think about and just let's think about the timing of it, where we are with protests, uh, following up on the year of return, and just how this, like we're in the middle of this new black renaissance. And Absolutely. She dropped a major piece that really can only be seen as a contribution. I mean, naturally art is subjective. So whenever you release art, it's in the eye of the beholder. So some people gonna like it, some people gonna, some people not gonna like it. And that's the beautiful thing about it is that yeah. it can mean something different to different people. Absolutely. It can be dissected. It can be criticized. Like the things that no one's talking about, eh, we don't know because nobody's talking about it. Right. But when people are talking about it, that means that it struck something. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I need to watch it again because I haven't watched it with my wife and my daughter. They were in North Carolina when they watched it. And I watched it with my son, Koiku, who's also an artist. And mm-hmm. we both was just like some of the same things. He was like, did you see that camera cut? Did you see that angle? Yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? The colors, it was just like, I've only watched it once. So like I, re- I watched it once and I may have read two articles about it. One that was in Essence and one that was um, mm-hmm. in uh, Medium. Mm-hmm. Um, both, both good articles, different perspectives, you know. But, you know, I love the shit. So I'm like... You know, I'm like, I, they like, you want to join the Beehive? I'm like, ah, you're going too far. <laughs> <laughs> I love Beyonce. I love Jay-Z. I love their yeah. music. I like what they represent, what they can stand to represent. You know, I love the fact that other people are getting mad saying that it's satanic. I love the fact that she's actually saying the names of uh, 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 traditional um spirits you know what i'm saying and bringing up the orisha i love the fact that she had dogon mass yeah like there was so much real yeah african imagery that was all pieced together i heard bambara i heard yoruba i heard zulu yeah you know what i'm saying and it's like she's not a historian so you can't i'm not expecting her to make a historically accurate uh, uh, historically accurate documentary about each of these cultures. You can't. They're too expansive. They're yeah, too massive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she opened up a lot of people's eyes, and a lot of people I think are now about to start researching, and they may see it's okay to not be Christian or Muslim. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like 
most people are you Christian or Muslim? Like that was the only two choices. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, th I thought it was dope. I, I thought it was dope. I look forward to watching it again. Yeah. Um, you know, and just to see what I see different. Yeah, and and I'm I'm excited to to watch it again for for a number of reasons. Um, just I feel like I missed a lot because you were just so stunned by something that happened prior to it. That it took you a minute to kind of catch up to what was going on because you were still thinking about what was happening in the prior scene. So mm -hmm. it's like I feel like, you know, you watch it again and you're going to be able to see some new things. Um, somebody made an interesting post today. Um, I want to say it was Brother Javante. And he said, you know, had they had all these think pieces when Michael Jackson dropped Moonwalker or when Prince dropped, you know, Under the Cherry Moon, you know, they would have torn shreds, too. You know what I mean? It would have been a similar thing. You know, all of our uh, very creative artists, they always took on these big, massive, magnum opus type, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, type pieces. And, you know, whether you rock with it or not, you know, Tony Morrison is, uh, Mother Tony Morrison's always going to have the bluest eye. You know, mm -hmm. these big, mm -hmm. epic mm -hmm. stories. And Mama Maya with I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings and then having a film adaptation of it. You know, on top of that, we always outside of the song. Excuse me, outside yeah. of the songs, right? Yeah. I'm like, did people listen to the narration? Did oh my god! Listen to what she was saying and listen. how what she is saying is something that most of us have either been complaining about, yeah, or waiting for some black artist to say, mm -hmm. right? Like, use your platform. And she said it. She did it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the type that's that want to. I don't believe in raising people up on this very high pedestal. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't. Sometimes I believe the artists themselves don't ask to be on the pedestal. Mm -hmm. It's the people who put them up there. And then once yeah. they put you up there, they put you up on. They put you up on a block where they can knock you down. But mm -hmm. most people don't say, "Put me here." But that's what happens when you have influence. That's yeah. what happens when you know you grow your your following and your stardom to this point. Um, I mean, we could look at both her and Jay-Z and see their metamorphosis on, on, on wax, yeah, right? Yeah. We could see where they started, and it's almost like, damn, well, maybe that's what they had to do. You know, maybe they had to start off selling crack, shooting you in the head, you know, Destiny's Child kind of thing, you know, fall into the normal black women, slim outfit, shake your booty, sing about love to get to this point. But I'm really happy to be able to see her and a lot of other artists like this i'm happy to see that metamorphosis through their artwork like mm -hmm. they ain't hiding you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's like it's like all the ball players and people who have million followers who are vegans but they can't talk about the fact that they're vegan because some of their money comes from meatpacking companies right right so they can't promote a healthy lifestyle and say i'm vegan you know what i'm saying they just still talk about steak and cheeses and this but they don't eat it yeah so yeah. here we have some people who you know we hope and it doesn't even matter to me if they actually, you know, if they actually go get readings or if they have a shrine or if they have an altar, like that doesn't matter to me personally, if they do this in their personal lives, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's Jay-Z and Beyonce, I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's Beyonce and Jay-Z. And the reason why I keep bringing up Jay-Z as a part of this, because I don't want to say, why you got to keep bringing up Jay-Z? This sister could have her own shine. Because when I mentioned Jay-Z, I mentioned Beyonce too. And I feel like the yin and the yang that the that the emblem is about, um, that the that the logo is about, 
and I feel like it's I feel like they're a team and they're a pair and they give me they hand off the lead to each other when they do things you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying and I have a big appreciation for Jay-Z falling all the way back like my queen got this my right. lady got this I, I, I don't need to say nothing I'm just take whatever part she gives right you know what I'm saying and I'm gonna hold her down and do my part so right right you know I mean you know, but then you get to that you get to that thing where some people have a challenge because not necessarily with the artists, but they have a challenge with everybody else who's going crazy over the artists. So it's just like if so many people didn't make if so many people didn't like put her up on this pedestal, I might like her more. But it has nothing to do with her. Right. You know, that's my opinion at least. But yeah, you know, um, I think it's dope. You know what I'm saying? I was happy to see that and you know, <laughs> Some of this they filmed in December in Ghana. So there was this big rumor about whether or not Beyonce was in Ghana in December. Mm. Um, and I didn't get a chance to see her. And I was it was this one event that I could have went to that I knew she was there, but I didn't because I had a lot of people there. Um, but a, a friend of mine who knew told me, like, she's here. You ain't going to see her. You ain't going to hear about it, but she's here. So I'm happy to see Shatawali get this shine. I was yeah. happy to see all of the African artists get their shine. You know what I'm saying? Because the visual makes it a little bit different than the album. Right. So um, I'm really happy for what it what it can do for Black African people worldwide. And I feel like when Beyonce and other artists, when they do things like this, I think it's up to us. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. And I have to check myself on this a lot of times too we have the tendency to kind of like criticize instead of trying to build on what they kind of lay down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether you fully agree with everything or not, you know, you could pick the meat and lead the bones and you know what I'm saying? Be able to, you know, have conversations and, and, and meet on one accord with people because whether you like it or not, people have um, overwhelmingly responded positively to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's been hugely positive. So, I'm more in line with let's ride that wave. Let's ride that energy. If people is digging it, let's meet the people where they are and then help them to kind of flesh out, you know, what's fact, what's fiction, add a little Mm -hmm. bit of politics in it so that, you know, Mm -hmm. we can be able to bring it home. So that's what I'm encouraging. Like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, this is a don't squander a teachable moment. You know what I'm right. saying? That she's been able to galvanize with just the massive star power that she has. Because if it was whack, everybody would be like, ah, she finally fell. Right. <laughs> like she finally didn't do some shit that was hot. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, she fi- right. She, We finally see her whack side. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, oh, I'm disappointed. People are like, oh, I'm so disappointed in Beyonce. I expected so much more. Right. It was like, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now for all your listeners, if you in the business of being black, uh, don't complain. You need to go check your SEO and your internet keywords and add Beyonce, Black is King, mm-hmm. and some of the names of the creatives that people are gonna be researching and, and up your name on that Google search because yeah. the world right now is looking to, you know, it's, look, it's, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of the black renaissance is a combination of the current sitting president who people hate and just feel like, damn, it's just like the thing that people are clenching to is how can I get blacker, right? Mm-hmm. I'm already black, but how can I get blacker? Maybe I should change my name to an African name, Black Power. Let me go research and read this book. 
you know what I'm saying? I was watching an interview with the artist. I think her name is No Name. Yeah. And um, I didn't know much about her. I just started saying some stuff about her and J. Cole. But when I watched this interview with her, she started talking about how she did a song about something that she didn't know. So people started hitting her up. So she's like, yeah, I just read Destruction of Black Civilization. I just read how Europe underdeveloped Africa. She went to school. She started doing research. So I was like, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? But those of us who've been sitting with these books and this knowledge for a while, you know, telling people in our individual circles to now see it expanding and spreading, let's get smart. Let's let's use this as an opportunity to pull more people into who we are, what we are doing, um, and let's do good business. You know, let's figure out let's 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 make some paper too. You know, like let's do like, that. like <laughs> get that <laughs> on your damn agenda. <laughs> Stop playing. Let's get Stop these points, man. So, so listen. So we got the Beyonce got everybody all riled up. Everybody turned mm-hmm. up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I'm seeing a lot of young people. They they want to ask questions. They want to know things. And some are asking other critical questions. The the Essence article. The sister mm-hmm. um, uh, Judicael Irakose from Burundi. Mm-hmm. I thought she had some extremely valid critique in her article. Mm-hmm. Let's take that and 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 figure out what was the best that we could take from what Beyonce was saying. What was the best from what some of our critical thinkers and um, you know and and radical you know people and let's let's get the best of what of, of, of what's being said and and be able to administer it. So now that everybody's all turned up, everybody want to go to Africa now. Everybody's like chomping at the bit, waiting for waiting for people to want this that this bad ass blue passport <laughs> Ooh, that thing lost value fast hey listen i saw this map this is a map yeah i so see that like, you saw that joint yeah i got depressed Yo. i'm depressed like i'm like well you know what <clears throat> i had somebody from the embassy up and was just asking like you know if there's another if there's another emergency repatriation flight mm. back to Ghana. Can I get on it? They was like, yeah, you good. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, even though the borders are still closed, they're still doing repatriation flights yeah. from various countries in West Africa back to the U.S. and from the in places in Europe and from those places back to, to, to the country. So, I heard some people were getting know. stuck there. What's, what's the word on that? Well, you know, so when when it happened you know i saw the the embassy sent out a note or something saying like level four if you're in america you need to get out as soon as you can and i personally didn't pay too much attention to it because i was like ah um and, and i didn't honestly i didn't think that it would last this long i personally thought it was going to pass over i'm thinking yeah it'll something will happen but then in a few weeks we'll be back up and running um, so, you know, people, people got stuck, meaning that they, they traveled and when Ghana decided to close its borders, you couldn't get out. You know, once that country says they're closing the borders and the U.S. embassy is not doing any more repatriation flights or emergency repatriation flights, which a lot of times were really expensive because it's one way. So instead of paying twelve, fifteen hundred for a round trip, that's how much it costs just to get home. Mm. Um, you know, and some people maybe, maybe, maybe some people thought that there were going to be more flights. And then 
You just have capacity. There were just more people out of the country than there were seats coming back into the country. Um, so, yes, yeah, some people did get stuck. Um, and there are probably some people, I'm sure, in Ghana and Senegal and Sierra Leone and Nigeria who couldn't get home. And it's not just uh, African-Americans. We have to realize that you have a lot of continental Africans who are American citizens or who hold green cards and work permits who also travel home. They travel home to visit family and then come back. So it's a lot of different people that are stuck or that are temporarily on hold in one of these African countries or even in some of these European countries. Because you got Ghanaians that are in, you know, in, in Amsterdam. You got Ghanaians that are in other countries who can't get home as well. So all around the world, you know, once the borders close and airlines mm-hmm. stop flying, you got mm-hmm. people stuck where they, they are. Right. Um, you know, but I think the people who are stuck in Ghana, hopefully they're making the best of it. You know what I'm saying? God forbid you don't have somebody in your family who's sick. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, or right. you're an essential worker, you can't get back to your job or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Or And, and then and then you can run out of money because if you're staying in a hotel, right. you just came for a visit. Now you got to try to find a place to rent, which is not the easiest thing to do all the time. So I get that there are going to be some challenges, but, you know, I met, a, I met two brothers from Atlanta who... Um, they came for a week and wind up being there for a month. Wow. <laughs> you know, they was like, one of them was like, this is my first time in Africa. I treated myself for my birthday and I got stuck. And I, oddly enough, when on the flight that I left out, his boy was on, he decided I'm going to stay for a little while long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he decided I'm going to just go ahead and chill. I'm good. I'm good for the moment. I'm going to go ahead and chill. So. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, 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 it's yeah, interesting yeah, when, yeah. you know, because you got to pivot, you got to, you got to adapt, you got to figure something out. Pivot is the word right there. <laughs> pivot is the no. word. I've been hearing you <laughs> drop that word. And every time you drop it, I'd be like, bro, that's it's because, because it's an action too. Come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for, for everybody who know basketball, when you, ah, I could go left, I could go right. I could fade, I could spin. I could take two steps, lay up. I, I could just jump and dunk. Like you got from a pivot, a pivot is not a stuck place. You just center one foot down as an access. Now you really could do a 360 degree turn and figure out what is the best way to go. You know what I'm saying? So when we think about what a pivot is, literally, you know, it's not that you're stuck. It's just like a pause to decide which way am I going to go. And, and I think for a lot of us, you know, it can be good. Mm-hmm. It can be good, especially if, if it was forced on us, you know? Um, so. Right, right, right. Gotta figure it out. So I've had a bunch of people recently. Um, people usually ask me this, but there's been a lot more as of recently. They've been asking me about Africa, going to Africa, traveling to Africa, moving to Africa, um, doing business in Africa. What's I was like, well, listen, I I don't yet have no business in Africa or anything <laughs> like that. So I ain't the one to talk to. Uh, but people ask me anyway. I said, I could tell you a little bit about the little couple of places that I've been. But um, uh-huh. so if somebody were to come to you and be like, listen, I'm interested in, in perhaps maybe living in Ghana, maybe bringing my family to Ghana, what would kind of be your advice for them? Well, the first question is, have you been? Mm-hmm. Right, because I get a lot of people who say they want to move, and when I ask that question, "Have you been?" They say no. I'm like, well, the first thing you want to do is visit. 
um, and if you're visiting, and I would even say don't visit on your first visit with the intent to move. You know, give yourself an opportunity to be on the ground and give yourself an opportunity to just soak up the experience. You know, give yourself an opportunity to see beyond um, whatever your tour company or host is, is kind of showing you. Even though you're with them, just try to see beyond, right? Because sometimes when you when you travel with somebody, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that you don't see, right? <laughs> and those are the same things that you may, those are the same things that you may have to deal with when you go back or if you go on your own to move or something like that. So my first piece of advice is to visit, mm -hmm. is to make the investment and visit, right? Like some people say, oh, is this too expensive? I can't afford it or this, that, and the third. Make the investment and visit. Like figure it out, start saving your money, buy one less pair of Jordans or, you know, buy uh, uh, 14 grams less of weed every two weeks. Like whatever you got to do, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wherever you're spending your money, whether it's on shoes, whether it's on Uber, maybe you need to catch a bus. Like you can, most people haven't really looked at their expenses in a detailed way to figure out if they can go to Africa, but they may do that for other things. So I, I believe that you can, you know, for a lot of people, if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. But then there is, you know, people who just can't afford it. Like right. I get that too. Like that's, that's a part of it. But the first thing is, is to go. Um, and see and see see if you like it and to visit as many different parts as you can during the time that you're there because every place got a different vibe like <clears throat> i've been to miami gardens miami gardens got a different vibe than northwest dc it just does you know what i'm saying i've been to east st louis i got a different vibe than oakland it got a different vibe than the wild hunters in chicago got a different vibe than brooklyn got a different vibe than houston so when you travel to these different countries and even to these sections of these different countries, they all have a different vibe. They all kind of have a different energy. So you want to kind of go and make sure that it's something that, that sits with you, right? Like it, you got to feel it under your skin. When you feel right, it under your right. skin, then you just like, yo, I got to, you know, and that's if you're just trying to go and move. But some people who, some people who are entrepreneurs here, a lot of people that I know who go and stay and who want to move, are interested in business mm -hmm. because you go and you automatically just see opportunity. No one has to necessarily introduce opportunity to it. You see it everywhere you go because your mind is already in uh, your mind is already in the mode of identifying opportunity automatic. It's like something called subconscious automatic, where subconsciously your mind automatically picks these things up because you put yourself in an environment and in a mode where that's what your heart and your spirit and your soul connects to. Mm -hmm. You've gained mastery. You know, that, <laughs> you, yeah, you've gained right? a level so, of mastery, so, yeah. Exactly. So your spirit sometimes leads you. You're not necessarily led by your will or your conscious mind. It's that unconscious mind and that spirit that's leading you to what it knows can help to set itself free. And I think that people find that a lot when they visit the continent of Africa. Like, you know, no matter what country you go to. I'm 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 in Ghana. So that's the place where we we connected, you know. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So, he the Ghana plug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can. Nah. I mean, I could. You know. So, I'm in the process of writing a few books too. One of them is a repatriation guide, and I haven't really said that publicly, but I could say that on TT Talk. Yes, <laughs> I could say that on. That's TT exciting. Talk where, 
where, um, and interestingly enough, I started writing another book first. <laughs> so I got into that book, got a few chapters in, and then as it happens with me, ancestors start talking. They blocked the other book. <laughs> so I couldn't, I could no longer focus on this other book. Just, it wasn't coming no more. And then all of this repatriation guy stuff started coming. So I had to start writing. Cause it was just like, okay, now all of this is coming and it's coming clear. Like it's coming fast and it's coming clear. Mm -hmm. Let me capture as much of this as I can. Right, right. Um, you know, a, a lot has changed with me since my last, since last year in Ghana. But there are a lot of different people that I've met, not only um, from um, America, but people from London, black people from Australia, mm -hmm. uh, black people from the Caribbean who have moved to Ghana or other parts and have made it home, you know, and, and, and are doing what I feel to be is a good job in terms of making it home. And they, they, they made the commitment and they're making it happen. You know what I'm saying? They're making it happen. That's a beautiful thing. So for anybody that's interested, if, if, if you're willing to do the work, it's within your reach to do. Oh, yeah. It's no, no, no. It's, 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 it's very, very close. It's very realistic. And I, I, I'll, if, I'll tell you a few things that I think um, that have worked really well for me. Um, one, I was pretty much virtual for about two or three years before COVID. So I had already pretty much worked out how to work virtually and how to survive virtually, make my money virtually by contracting, employment or whatever, just strong relationships, being able to deliver. And what I, what I would like to say is being able to agree on a price and the amount of time that I felt was worth my value or whatever. Mm -hmm. right? So you ain't got to do 40 hours. You don't always have to do 40 hours to get a full paycheck, right? Um, so traveling back and forth was one thing. The first thing I did is I made a decision. I made a decision that nothing was going to stop me from being in Africa, including money. It was a mental, intentional decision. And I said, nothing. I won't allow anything to stand in the way of when I'm ready to go or want to go. I never want to be able like, I can't because I can't afford it. Or I can't because of this thing. So for me, part of my process was uh, um, breaking the relationship that I had with things. So a lot of times we just have so many things that we have to take care of. It's mm -hmm. not even necessarily family that we're taking care of. Right, right. But when you think about leaving a place or going someplace else, the first thing a lot of people think about is what am I going to do with all my things, mm -hmm. right? All my clothes, all my shoes, my car, my CDs, my albums, my books. Like, so I, you know, gave away like most of all my clothes, sold my car. Like I just got rid of this attachment to things which were costing me money at the same time. Um, so then that helped me to kind of get rid of that attachment so that at least that wouldn't be one of the things that's preventing me from going or holding me back. Um, that was one thing. And then the other thing was just leaped out on faith. You know, like, I know it's cliche. I know we hear it all the time. You know, jump and grow wings and take one step and God will take the other step or make up your mind and the universe will conspire in your favor. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is cliche. People tired of hearing it. But 
it's only cliche to the people who haven't done it. For the people who have done it, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you ain't gonna have, you ain't gonna find nobody who stepped out on faith and it worked for them. Say it's cliche. Right? They're gonna be like, okay, <laughs> but I'm I'm living proof. You know, people want to say I'm living proof. So it was also just going. You know, 2017, I went to Ghana um, four times. Uh, 2016, two times. 2018, eight times. Before I got my apartment moved and got really involved, and it was just a commitment. Like it was a serious, serious commitment because all of the time that I was traveling to help set up a year of return in 2017, I bought my own tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, Ghana, Ghanaian government didn't buy my tickets. They didn't put me in a hotel when I got there. None of that happened, and. I never asked, and for me, it was also about maintaining my sense of ownership and independence. I didn't want to to be employed, you know. I wanted to be a partner. I wanted to have a stake in this that no one could take away from me. Mm-hmm. So, or a stake in this that I didn't have to ask for. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Or like you can't give me credit for something that I did. It's just it's not giving me credit or not. Is it, I did it is there. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that was, that was one thing. So it was, now mind you, I'm also not the average person. We're not average people when it comes to Africa, black or African things, because we have a background and we're steeped in traditional African culture, traditional African spiritual systems. We have a different worldview. You know, we've been professionally black for a long time. You know, like, like some of us don't like mud cloth because it's just like, it's cool, but there's so much more, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, So it's like, you know, so so all of that and then having this open mind really just kind of helped me explore um, um, some very modern things and sensible things is Ghana is four or five hours ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. So I like being ahead, then yeah. behind. Because, I want you. you know, when I wake up at six, it's two in the morning here. Everything starts really early in Ghana. So I could work from six to 12, right? On Ghana side, at 12 o'clock in Ghana, it's only eight o'clock here. I could get back to my laptop, get online and be focused on US time. Mm-hmm. And if I got business on the West Coast, I still got another three hours to right. deal with business on the West Coast. So from a time perspective, I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Cause sometimes I can get two to three work days in one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, and I'm not as tired as I would be here because I think it's just something about the sun, the air, the energy, and just, you know, everything that just works together. It's like a magic formula almost that just, you know, you just, your energy level is different over there. You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing that that I think that works for me. And then taking your time, you know, taking your time and finding people that you can trust to work with, finding people um, you know, venting people, having experiences, having bad experiences, having good experiences, not giving up, you know, taking public transportation, you know what I'm saying? Just like figuring it out. And then mm-hmm. once you figure it out, you know, you know, and, and one of my philosophies is street rules apply everywhere. Hello. So. <laughs> Hello. You know, <laughs> anytime we was in a news, when I was in Ghana with Diallo, we went to a new spot. We went to go talk to the chief. <laughs> just like you do in the good in the hood you go find you go find the person that's holding you know what i'm saying right and we, we here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we in your town we're gonna be here for two days and they say you good exactly exactly you know? you know and 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 that's a that's what i really loved about 
black is king it has that element in it you know right. where right. it kind of gave it gave the nod and it gave the salute that to everybody you know i've been several places all across the continent all through the diaspora through the caribbean through south america central america uh west africa east africa caribbean all of that and i tell you what i saw a whole lot of that represented in black is king you know mm -hmm. i saw the caribbean in there i saw south africa i saw namibia <laughs> mm -hmm. I saw mm -hmm. Nigeria and heard it. You know, mm -hmm. we Egypt. saw Egypt, Mali, Mali. <laughs> seen people in the in the in the in the U.S. I saw my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, not in real right. life, but just somebody who reminded me of mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, that's where I kind of was missing with some of the critique that you know it was like, well, Africa is a continent and it's not. A, I was like, was you paying attention? There was like individual shout outs through language, through uh, through traditional dress and clothing, through different dance styles. There was some rhythms that I heard, language, all kinds of things. So, you know, um, and, and I'm always leery of making huge claims on big projects the, like 24 to 48 hours after it pops. You know what I'm saying? Right. What is the right. conversation going to be about in 10 years around this film, in 20 years, in right. in 30 years? Sometimes it takes time to digest. There's been classic albums or even not classic albums that I've heard. The first time I heard it, I, I didn't care for it. The second time I heard it, I didn't care for it. I didn't even want to hear it no more. Then I ended up hearing it again for a third time and caught something. 10 listens later, I'm jamming that shit. You love it, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm 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 I don't want to speak too deeply on 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 Beyonce because I feel like I need to like experience it a little bit more, but you know, we we also got to be gentle with ourselves. You know, we know black capitalism ain't going to save us. When did right. Beyonce say in the in the thing that black capitalism was going to save us? She did not right. say that not nary one time. And the whole mm -hmm. thing, I tell you what she did say. She did say uh, that you need to focus on your destiny. She said that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She did pay homage to the ancestors. She did say that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? She did For honor sure. her, her parents, which is a yep. very African thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I, it, she honored her children, which is mm -hmm. a very African thing to do, a very black thing mm -hmm. to do. She had her sister on there. You know, she shouted out her homegirls on there. Mm -hmm. She put mm -hmm. people on. Mm -hmm. um you know shouted out her mentors everything so mm -hmm. you know and it before i go tearing anything down because i do have some critique but i still want to you know mull over it a little bit before i, I probably write a blog, a blog post about it at some point I, i'll sit with it for a little while but i just appreciated it for that <laughs> you know most of us have to really look at like i was an english major my undergrad mm-hmm works of art that have become classics and have become uh, irreparably great didn't get there because they were not critiqued. Mm -hmm. they, they got there because they were the most heavily critiqued. Mm -hmm. And I remember discovering um, literary criticism in one of my classes where you realize you have the work of art 
And then you have a whole nother canon of critique on that work of art. Mm -hmm. And the only ones that we're researching are the ones that have this canon of critique. That are volumes and volumes and volumes mm. that people have critiqued this piece of work over years. Yeah. We are still dissecting work from the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> we are still dissecting uh, translations from hieroglyphics. We are still dissecting uh, written works and other things that were found deep in Africa, mm -hmm. deep in, in mm -hmm. South America. Right? We are still dissecting and talking about Marvin Gaye. Right? Absolutely. Like when, when he did oh say when he did the Star Spangled Banner, that joint is still like yeah. being talked about, being it, replayed, it being critiqued, is. being analyzed, like to this day. By me. Because you want to know something? <laughs> this is a little known TT fact. I hate that version. God, I hate it. And Listen. everybody, everybody I know loved that stuff and it's a classic, but I just hear it and I'd be like, man, turn on Whitney, damn. <laughs> listen, you, listen, we, when Marvin Gaye sang that song at that game, yeah, and the first time I heard it, he was sexy in the motherfucker though. <laughs> I said, God damn, I love black people. Yeah. <laughs> he just flipped this whole joint on his head mm -hmm. and just did it his way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Think about people, are, people are still trying to understand Miles Davis and Charlie Parker. Yeah. Word. And then you got some people who say that they're not as great as we think they are. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things that I think can stand the test of time. Yeah. Um, and only time will tell, you mm -hmm. know, how it's held up. Um, and it's one of those things we kind of have to appreciate in the moment. But, you know, most of the critique happens on social media. And we know social media has a short time span. So in three days, you know, we're going to be talking about something else. By <laughs> next week, we're going to be on to something else. Whole um, new thing, yeah. Nobody's really, you know, only the serious people are going to do the real work who care, right? Mm -hmm. And that, I ain't one of them. I don't care that much, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm not going to sit and watch it with a pen and pad because in order to dissect a piece like that, to give it proper attention, you really have to watch it a lot. You got to sit down with a pen and pad and you might have to watch each song several times, take notes. You got to look at references. You got to look at colors. If you go into the history of dance, you can look at, you can analyze it from the history of dance. I'm sure we can look at it and find Catherine Dunham movements. I'm sure mm -hmm. we can look at it and find, you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody really wants to go deep, you could really go deep with this piece. And you could, this could be a PhD thesis for somebody. It's Absolutely. that much information. It's, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to do it, but, you know, somebody no, no. somebody might do it. But it's, you know, for me, like I said, it's, you know, it's here and it's just like dope. Okay, Beyonce, yeah. how many more people going to sign up for my next trip to Africa because of this? How Hello? can I use Black as King on my next advertisement? Listen, ride the way. Did I not say <laughs> you know? it? Just ride, yep. that, ride that thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for children who get to watch this you know it's it's it you know it hits a little different when you see a five or a six-year-old mesmerized you know looking at this type of content I remember being a little girl looking at like like I talked about earlier Moonwalker or Janet Jackson's mm -hmm. Rhythm mm -hmm. Nation you know stuff mm -hmm. like that I even remember MC Hammer 
had a had a short film. Um, I remember, and I'm a little kid. I'm, I was hugely impacted by things like that. You know, even seeing something like um, the movie Shaka Zulu. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That movie is probably my you, favorite movie ever. And you can see remnants of that in Black is King too. All day. <laughs> That's how I knew Shaka Zulu gave me the reference first to know what was. Me. Right. Yes, y'all got you are my lord, y'all got. My... <laughs> it goes. It goes. Listen. <laughs> now listen, 30 years later, Diallo and I sitting up here talking about Shaka Zulu. And we sat up and watched all 10 hours and 37 minutes of that thing, don't we? On VHS. <laughs> Facts. We watched we Facts. had tapes. It was it was tapes. how many tapes was it? It, was, like it was like Shaka six. Zulu and Roots. Yes. We watch all the tapes. Yes, we watch the tapes. There's a <laughs> lot of critique about Roots. There's a lot of critique about that Shaka Zulu movie. There's a lot of critique. Mm-hmm. But the impact, the impact, what it did for you, it, it, there's a psychic in, in, a, in a spiritual thing that happens when you watch, mm-hmm. you know, when you watch that too. Um, you know, and then it's like, you know, and then of course it's beautifully woven in into the mythology of the Lion King, which is also an ancient um, even more ancient story coming out of Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, y'all, people, I implore you, sit with it a little bit more. If it ain't your thing, it ain't your thing. Everything ain't for everybody. And I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not a, I don't, pro, you know, I ain't out here. I ain't no Jehovah Witness for, for, for ATR. You know, I ain't out here ringing on people's doorbell. Like, come <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. No. That's not it. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> we can really get ignorant with this, right? <laughs> but seriously, oh, that ain't. But, but you know, we we are looking at everybody who called me an African booty scratcher. Salute to you. Back in the day, if you ever if you ever said the word African booty scratcher or something like that, or made a joke about Africa. And now I see you got an African name. You got carry <laughs> shells in your head. I'm just happy that you came along for the ride. <laughs> right. Listen, that's all you could do. You know, right. I, I I used to be the one uh, uh, rescuing people from from being bullied. For real. I remember mm-hmm. that was this dude. I ain't going to put him out there, but that was his brother <laughs> from Africa, man. He was mercilessly just harassed. And I was like, nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing right. that. I've, I've been Pan-African right. since before I knew what it was. I didn't know what that was. Right. But right. I was like, that's the homie right there. You know what I'm saying? Why Why? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I always have a... a, a I almost want to have a, a... Well, let me go ahead and ask it. Give me your thoughts on... You can ask on, anything. On, give me your thoughts on, on, on ADOS, ADOS. You know, I have it... Uh... I've watched a few videos mm-hmm. and let me say, I think I understand. Mm-hmm. I think I understand that Ados is saying we are the American descendants of slaves. I don't know that they're saying we didn't come from Africa. Like, I don't know. I like, I don't, I haven't, I haven't gotten a lot into it. Just to be honest. I haven't followed it a Got lot. It. I've seen some, some videos and I've seen some people talking. Um, but I can say that, I don't think that any, I don't think that there's any one way to recover ourselves. 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of these efforts are efforts at recovering a piece of our identity. Right. All of, all of these efforts uh, aim to bring a group of black people together under one banner to say that we believe this. And I think the most important thing about it is that that all of them are about unifying black people, even though it's from a different way and a different perspective, from a different thought. And I think all of it recognizes the evil of white supremacy and oppression. And mm-hmm. and, and they mm-hmm. all recognize that that ain't good for us. Right, right. right. Um, I was reading this article today that just talked about um, the sister went in talking about she don't believe, she don't use the word white ally. And, mm-hmm. and she was just talking about how because racism is yours, it's not mine. But y'all mm-hmm. keep saying we're in this together. No, it's not we in this together. You keep putting me in this mix with you and the problem is not mine, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I think that Ados and everybody else believes really in the same thing. Like somebody just hasn't really figured out what that technical difference is. And then, you know, we black. So everybody got their flavor and thing they do it. You know, somebody going to say something different. You ain't like the tone in which they said it. So I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up next time you come to my town or or what have you. Um, so I don't, I don't really know too much about Adolf. And to be honest, yeah. I don't, I'm not really looking to define, I'm not really looking to get into or debate or discover a whole lot of things that are not necessarily in my path or aligned with my mission because then right. I would be using my energy mm-hmm. to debate, negate, or fight some fight against something when I want to use all of my energy to fight for what I believe. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my that's kind of my thing. But Absolutely. I have told myself that I'm a at some point I'm gonna do some research because I think I'm gonna retire as a scholar. <laughs> like, like at some point, I think I'm gonna go away for five years and just read a lot more books and write. You know what I'm saying? And just write and then put out put out uh, uh, articles and white papers and 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 books that kind of express my feelings about various topics. But mm-hmm. for now, I'm I'm just not interested in trying to figure out every philosophy on black freedom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. I feel that for sure. I I have a pretty similar orientation. Um, I'm I don't understand everything about and and I've read a little bit more in depth and I listen to some of the content and and just as a you know I support it just as a a a, a fellow Black independent um, mm-hmm. creator, content creator, and um, independent Black media. Just period. I don't got to agree with mm-hmm. everything for me to be in alignment with independent black media. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what it takes to have to set up platforms and to produce and produce and produce and produce. And so, hey, and, and doing it on your own, <laughs> you know, in your own ecosystem, you know, that's a whole yep. nother level. And, you know, I'm Pan-African in orientation. So there are some places where we just don't meet. And, but also in the same vein, how I'm going to be mad at people fighting for me. <laughs> Using their definition, I am ADOS. Right. And they right. are here trying to get me a couple reparation dollars and, and whatever. Hey. I'm going to cash the check. Listen, thank you. We don't got to meet up in every single place. There may be elements of our politics that do mesh and then elements of our politics that don't mesh. I'm okay with that. 
I'm gonna cash all the checks. I'm gonna cash. I'm gonna cash them. them um, Who? I'm gonna cash them. What's his name? Forty five. I'm gonna cash them stimulus checks. Baby. I'm gonna cash them SBA loans. All that. All Hello. the reparations that they're giving out right now. I want it all. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, because you because you have the opportunity to use it for what it is for your work. For your work. You know. You, you get to use it for your work. It's not tied to. You ain't got to pledge allegiance to nothing. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? You get to use it for your work. You can say thank you and keep going. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sign that. I'm gonna sign that petition for reparations. You know, all I, it. I, what I need to do? Pay a thirty dollar membership a year for ADS ADOS card. I'll sign it if I think it's gonna help bring more, more, more wealth resources. and recognition to Black people and mm-hmm. resources. No problem. But that ain't mean I gotta march with you. That ain't mean I gotta attend mm-hmm. meetings or even agree with you. Hello. Hello, hello, and you know that's an a, that's an approach that um that has really served me well, and I'm sure you too has served me well. I tell people all the time. Listen, people always be like, "Yo, yo, everybody be on your page." But listen, man, I don't care who you be. You can be Hebrew, Israelite, ATR. You could be of uh, El Bay, Moors. Uh, you could be whoever. Whoever. I just learned where ATR is too. Like, I, I didn't even know it had an acronym. <laughs> I didn't even know it was an acronym. I think I had to ask my niece. It's ATR, African Traditional Religion. I was like, oh, we got an acronym now? <laughs> we Shit. in there now. We in there now. We got an acronym. You're like, back in 85, we ain't have no acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no. You, but it, you know, that's just where I am with it. You know what I'm saying? And and it would serve us well to be. I got some of my friends are straight up black Republicans. Mm-hmm. Good friends of mine. You know what I'm saying? I got friends that think the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. Good I friends. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Uh, no, I'm sure I do. It, but, you know, it's, you know, you know, you grow up, you get to that point where it's just like life to, you know, I'm not yeah. even going to say life is too short because I don't believe life is short. I believe life is as long as it's supposed to be for everybody. Me too. Um, But, you know, it's just like, why waste time? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like so many of us are distracted and we waste time on things that really don't matter. You know, it doesn't matter to the thing. It doesn't matter to our daily life. It doesn't matter to the health and well-being of our families. Hello. Nor does it matter to whether or not you fulfill the mission that God gave you before you leave the earth. So why waste time on it? But I get it that some people, maybe that's a part of their mission is to dissect things and debate. Like that has to happen. Yeah. You know, somebody yeah. has to do it. I just, I'm just really clear that it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. I post a lot of stuff on my page, you know, and I, and I, I know I got a lot of people... I posted Kanye was right about Harry Tumblr. People was hitting me up like, brother, you know I got a lot of respect for you, but right now you are off. Brother Diallo, let me, I need to holler at you. Where you at, brother Diallo? And I had a conversation with some of my friends who got what I was trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, and then I was just like, look, I was trying to be provocative, and I, I see I provoked some people. Like, I yeah. haven't created no controversy in a few weeks on Facebook, so <laughs> let me create some controversy. And, you know, so it's just, it, you know, Talk about that, though. Things. Talk about that. When you said well, Kanye, like, Kanye was right. Talk about that. I said Kanye was right. So I so I said Kanye was right, but he indicted Nana Harriet and not the, not the oppressors. Mm. Right? So the point that I was getting at was a point that I, I'm not even sure if I'm able to verbalize properly, but I know he, he, did, he did a much worse job. And that is, at that time in America... Enslavement of our people 
was horrible everywhere. A lot of us don't realize that Rhode Island had one of the most enslavement systems around. Boston had a lot of, a lot of, it was rough, right? And then he also didn't talk about the full breadth of her work. He doesn't have the capacity, he doesn't know. Yeah. So he just, yeah. you know, I had to tell me they're free to say, she just took them to work for other white people. So me saying he was right was really about, me saying that was not agreeing that he was right. <laughs> it was like, for all of my people who know history, holistically, take a look at what he's saying and then look at that time period in America. And even though we went from the South to the North, a lot of us wound up in indentured servitude or maybe, okay, so maybe in the South you got 10 lashes, but in the North you got five lashes. And one of the things that I said is I hate getting into conversations about uh, where where was the pain worse for black people? Was it worse in the North or the South? It was fucked up for us everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Right? And we had some spaces that we can go in the North and other places and in Canada that helped. So for me, it was just kind of a way of also saying, let's not dismiss, let's not be emotional about statements like that. I mean, let's not dismiss it and throw it out the window because you got to look at the person making the statement and where they are, what their capacity is, what their breadth of knowledge is, what their research is, right? And then let's take that in and then let's have a conversation about it. That's really what I was saying. So what I wind up doing, because another thing that I started to do on Facebook specifically, because when, when, I, when I engage, right? So I have this thing about social media that is just social media. But I try to be very intentional. So when I intend to engage, I engage. I normally give myself a full day, right? I make one post and I know that post is going to get responses. And I follow that post all day. I read every comment. I like or dislike. I ask clarification questions when I need to. I clarify myself. I respond to some people. I, I don't respond to some. <laughs> but I actually follow the post. Mm -hmm. like all the way to the end. And then when I get to the end of that day, I say, thank you everybody for commenting. I appreciate it. I learned something today and then I'm done with it. You know, naturally I'll see maybe somebody the next day or next week make a comment or post and I don't really pay too much attention to it because I committed myself to engage for that day. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of how I treat it. And then outside of that, and a lot of times, the thing that's engaging people is a random thought. Like my random thoughts are controversial to me. My left side say something that my right side be like, shit, you crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, let me post it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so for me, that's kind of really, really what, what it was about. And I thought it was a good engagement. I really enjoy, I really enjoy all of the comments that people make because I have a wide variety of people mm -hmm. on, on that platform. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, uh, yeah. and I don't, <laughs> and I'm not looking like, if all if everybody on my page just agreed with me all the time, damn, that would be boring. Life yeah, would suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life would suck if I just had people saying, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir." Yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. right. You're right. I'm not looking for that. Like, not at know, all. Yeah, let's let's disagree. Like, it's okay if we all thinking alike. Somebody ain't thinking. Listen, listen, and I and I be doing the same stuff. I love to stir the pot. I see. <laughs> I see. I love I see. to talk about. I'll be like, TT be posting titties, penises, <laughs> vaginas, 
orgasm, TT <laughs> posts, everything. Everything. We're going to talk about history. It's, it's talk about... Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I'll post something about Pan Africa, back to Africa, and something da da da. I get like no reviews. As soon as it be like entanglement, pussy pop, and everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody like, oh, boo 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 boo. You know, everybody, so, everybody, everybody get to the keyboard. I gotta wake everybody, everybody up every once in a while. Like, hey, hey, y'all still with me? Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. I just wrote some shit about some orphans, and y'all niggas ain't say shit. <laughs> right, right, all right. Ain't nobody click the donate button or nothing. 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 But but you know that's how it is. That's the media. Like yeah, most yeah. of us, even even when we scrolling through the TV, we're not gonna stop and watch the documentary or something that's useful. We want to get to the action flick or the love or the drama mm-hmm. that's gonna feed that side of us. So and it's yeah. all good. Yeah, because we're human. Then we could be all that. We are all of those things. We human beings. <laughs> if, when people realize that that you are a human being, that layered and complex, and you're allowed to have a both and. You know, it ain't always got to be either or, you know, mm-hmm. I live a lot in the grays. I well, live. Listen, Mar- I'm Marcus Garvey and Tupac. Baby. You believe it. Hello. Like. <laughs> All day. All in one. You, All in you, one. you catch me. I may be Mama Harry one day. I may be Claire Huxtable the next day. Real spill. Right. Yeah. No, that's how it is. Brother Diallo, listen, I have a question about uh-huh. some of your upcoming projects you what are you working Perfect. on right now what do you Perfect. got going on Perfect. there are people tuned in who don't know who i am they don't know what i do they don't know what i've done so um just to say that i was instrumental in helping the country of ghana create the year of return and i worked with the the government of ghana and the ministry of tourism office of the president office of diaspora affairs and office of the president panifest foundation and others in Ghana, the Diaspora Coalition, to help bring the year of return about. That's where most people in the world who don't know me first heard my name, right? Good thing they ain't hear it on like no FBI type of <laughs> investigation or something, right? So over the course of last year, um, in 2019, we did about 700 people, 750 people over the course of the year. Wow. So I was crazy busy. Like the year was incredibly busy. Um, so, you know, going through that and going through that process just taught me a lot. I think I'm still recovering and still like going over what happened because so much happened so fast. Mm-hmm. What year did you come with us? Did you come with us in backyard? Yeah. Okay, so you came in 2018. So in February 2018, we took the backyard band. Mm-hmm. You know, we took the full go-go band of Ghana. And and I don't even know if I haven't recovered from that, but I know I, I, I still have footage and audio, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that hold stuff for a little while, drop it a little later. So this year I had decided that in the first quarter, I was just going to take a break. January through March. Um, I had already started building in Ghana, which I'll talk about. Building in a small town called Nyame Bechere. Um, uh, so... This year, first quarter, I said, okay, I'm taking a break. I'm not doing nothing January through March. You know, I took down all of the trips that I had posted for this year off the website. And I really took a lot of stuff down so that if somebody wanted to go, like, they would have to work to go. They would have to, like, email me or for me to email them back. You couldn't just go to the site and click and buy a package. Because I didn't want that anymore because I just, you know, took a whole bunch of large groups and this and that. 
And I think I learned enough about it where I want to refine it. And I really want to be able to offer the experience that's more in tune and aligned with who I am, you know, with my spiritual self. So I wanted to be able to show people the Africa that I fell in love with in a more complete way, which includes people, you know, getting spiritual baths, which includes people spending more time in the village, which includes just a different look in the way that we do it. Right. As opposed mm -hmm. to just kind of tourism, you know, and I asked God to slow things down for me. <laughs> like if you could just slow things down for me a little bit. And then when COVID hit, I was like, I ain't doing that damn slow. I just, <laughs> I'll just say it a little bit, but I take it as a come. So, um, also at the end of last year in this village that I'm a part of, um, I had been selected to be in Coastal Henny. So Coastal Henny is the chief of development. Now, with that title, Chief of Development, a lot of times people are like, oh, he was made a chief. And they normally make you the chief of development. And it's like, that's the that's the title that they give you when they want you to spend your money, when they want you to do this and they want you to do that. You know, I had a conversation with the people in the town and I was already doing things. I'd already committed to building a library and a school. And I was already committed to really development, you know. So that was a process. So. I started building which initially was going to be my house and then once i kind of got into it and i realized it was 12 bedrooms this that and the third and then as my vision started to be clear i said okay this is going to be the first building that's a part of a a, a a wellness resort right like the things that i began to appreciate by spending more time there and then uh so right when COVID hit let me go back like a week and a half before they shut down Accra, because they shut down the city of Accra, mm. meaning it was a few areas you couldn't get in and out of. Um, something told me to go back to the village. So a week and a half before they shut down Accra, I had already went back to the village, um, which is Yame Besede, which is, you know, when you say village, you know, people, anyway, whatever they picture, they picture. But I went back there, and a week and a half, once, once, once COVID hit and they shut it down, I was like, damn, God, you're taking care of me. Like, I love you. I appreciate you. You putting me you constantly put me in front of this curve. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not having to move like everybody else because you're keeping me 10 steps ahead. So um, I decided that it was gonna be a wellness resort and that I wanted to have a place for people to kind of feel the peace that I feel when I'm there, for people to wake up with the sun, for people to be able to utilize the herbs, take steam baths, for people to be able to have real fresh farm to table, to be able to go to the farm, pick their own food, have it prepared for them, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, really kind yeah. of get a chance to go with the light. And it's just like for three days, we're going to live according to the sun. You know, we wake up when a rooster crows and then we go, by the time the sun goes down, that's kind of the end of the day where we just kind of sit back, relax, have a few drinks, talk mm -hmm. and go to bed early. Yeah. And that's a part of the peace that I feel, you know, and some of that peace, is, some of that peace lives in the idea that you don't have to have a lot and that less is more. Right. And then when you're sitting in that piece of less is more, you really can focus on what's the most important thing to you. Right. Um, so that's one of my projects is we're building the health and wellness resort. Nice. It's three. It's three stories. The building, the structure is already done. A lot of cement and, and iron rods. So all six bedrooms are done. They're just doing the wiring. They're wiring it now. Um, once we put the roof on, we just need to do windows and doors and then tile it. Once we do the tiling. You know, furnishing. So we're sixty percent, seventy-five percent through. Um, so that's one of the things. I have thirty acres that are that's in the central region. Um, 
that I originally, at one point I was online and I was kind of selling plots of land. And I and I, I went about it in a way, I didn't know what I was doing to be honest. I, I, I found the land, struck an agreement with the traditional council, you know, put some money down and then now I'm just trying to sell plots. And then I realized that's not a community because, and I'm not a developer, but that's not how development works. So what I've recently done is I've taken a few steps back from the plots that I've already sold and dealing with those people separately. But we have, we are designing and developing a full community, a full township. Like I have my architect doing a master site plan. So hopefully in a few weeks, you'll see me introduce it and put it out where I'm talking about, we have X number of condos, X number of houses, X number of apartments. There's commercial property. We got some beachfront mansions. We got some mountainside mansions, you know. So it's a full community that I'll be presenting and using somewhat of a SUSU model for people to kind of be able to pay in their own small communities who want to actually move to Ghana or have some investment property. So outside of those two things, um, I'm writing a few books. Um, um, one of them is a Ghana repatriation guide. Uh, I will put up some more trips to Ghana. Um, but for now, I've just been doing some personal consulting with people who want to go, uh, people who want to do business and investment. I have um, created a, I have a business in Ghana that I've created. It's a credentialed, registered, certified Ghanaian business with, you know, a logo, a bank account and everything. So I've just been really kind of behind the scenes, taking the time to move a little bit slower and be more intentional about how I want to do things, doing a lot of research. Um, I created two food franchises that I'm building behind the scenes. So, you know, sometimes I, like I also realized that I spent the last three years of my life in front of the public eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everybody yeah, see me moving yeah. back and forth to Ghana. Like right. you just see Diablo. Very visible. Very Facebook, visible. Very, very, very visible. Just mm -hmm. like bam in your face. And now I'm just kind of taking some time spending, trying to spend some time in the house with the wife, with my, with my family, with my granddaughter. And I'm just working quietly. Blessed to have such a supportive family and my family is my team, really. Um, because we still have this block in Mount Rainier. So we still have right. close to 4,000 square feet in four buildings um, that have been closed since March. You know, once COVID hit because of our dance classes, I saw, even though we moved some things to online, I still have these physical buildings sitting there that the rent still got to be paid every month. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky to have a... Um, I'm lucky to have a, a, a landlord who's Korean, but who over the years I've built a really good relationship with. So what could be a much heavier weight to carry right now is not, but we're doing some pivots over there as well. Um, so we're outfitting our studios so that they could be in person and, you know, we could do high definition virtual programming, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, and I think really from this point forward, I'm, I'm really moving towards trying to be less visible personally. Mm -hmm. um, as much as I think I'm an extrovert, I don't think I am. <laughs> because, because, when, because when I go out, I want to sit in the corner. And that is when, me. You know, saying, you know, and I only really want to be around like people that I really, really know. And like people that, you know, that I know, know, know. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I'm enjoying... Like I'm, I'm just, I'm enjoying just waking up, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. without always having to be on the go, without always having to have the loftiest goal. 
Um, I'm researching and I'm reading a lot. You know, I posted something the other day saying like, when I was young, I used to think that uh, some shit was either weird, that nerd shit was weird black boy shit or white boy shit. (laughs) And now that I'm 44, I want to learn all of the weird black boy, (laughs) nerdy white boy shit. Like now I want to know I want to know more about bandwidth. You know, I want to know about yeah. technical stuff. I want to know about space. I want to know about how this table is made. I want to do DIY. Like, so yeah. I'm really taking this as an opportunity. And I still have to work and pay bills and stuff like that and help out um, with my family. And I'm still taking care of this village in Ghana, um, uh, my town, and Yame Bechede. Um, and I always say my town because not that it's mine, but it's a sense of ownership that I've taken since they've made me in Coastal Henny. Um, so we still are building the school, uh, the, 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 library. ITC, the library and the ITC okay. center. But I know that in order for us to spur development, we need an economic center, right? The first thing that I need to have in this community is a place or something that can help generate income. So once I finish the wellness center, I know that will help to bring people there and generate income. Yeah, I've gotten into agriculture, so I'll start my first cocoa farm in yeah. january that's why i was um, asking you about hemp yeah cocoa yeah cocoa you know cocoa is a one is, is a billion dollar industry in ghana ghana mm-hmm. and ivory coast are the largest cocoa producers in the world yeah so i've connected with a few cats from nigeria and some people here that we're working on a cocoa collective so i mean it's a lot of stuff happening none of which to be honest tt i'm telling you everything so anybody who listens to this will hear a lot of stuff that you really won't ever see me post on my page or talk about um, and that's just because I'm in a space where I'm just trying to put some things, I'm just putting some things together. Right. Know? I'm putting some things together. So the hard work that I've done for the past three years has given me, has has allowed for me to have this time, this short time and space to just kind of, you know, um, like making exercise a priority. So if I can't work out, then I at least got to go walk a mile or two, like at least two miles. Because when I was gone, I was going 10 miles a day. In the morning, I wake up. I'd walk 10 miles, come back, juice for an hour and a half, you know, drink my juice, eat fresh food, take a shower, relax, and then start my day like without, you know, I didn't I, I didn't wake up and look at my phone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm trying to recreate some of that while I'm here. I'm enjoying the time that I have with my wife, uh, with my daughter before she goes back to school, spending as much time as I can with my granddaughter and my son. He finishes his grad school. So as he's kind of getting into his thing, Kwaku Sumbri, as he's in, my wife's name is Maisha Ham, and my daughter's Alma Sumbri. My granddaughter is Boss Lady, AC. Um, <laughs> you know, so Bob. just want, want to be more present. So I, I feel like I'm able to be more present at home um, while I'm here because soon I'll go back. Um, you know, and just really, just, I'm really like, I, I feel like, in this year, this is my 45th year. So I feel like in this year, I'm really now just kind of zoning in and tuning in to who I am and what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On a real level. Like mm-hmm. I've done a lot of stuff, but who am I and what am I really supposed to do? So, you know, being visible isn't as important. And, um, productivity is even defined a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Then then it used to be you got to be running 18 hours a day. 
in order to be considered productive and now that's just not cool like yeah. i want to go to sleep yeah <laughs> listen right so 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 i have you know so soon i would say in the next two months i'll probably release the book cover you know and i do stuff different like i think i got the book cover done and i only had two chapters in. but i was like i saw I, I got the vision for the cover so i was like let me get the cover done um you know so i got so much respect for anybody that's ever written a book i'm gonna tell you that right now like anybody i don't care if the book is 48 pages but if you sat down wrote it got it published printed and put it out salute because for me it just hasn't been as simple as the easy task that I thought I'll just get up there and let me just knock this out and it ain't that simple it's a, it's a, it's a serious discipline so you know I'm enjoying that like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that and I'm enjoying um, taking the time and in, in going through the process of making decisions a little bit differently I love it we always like your good morning messages <laughs> Good morning, Global African Family. Global African Family. TT, I'm going to just say shout out to you. And I was cleaning out the studio the other day, and guess what I found? My TT Talks pen. Ew. It just jumped out at me. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Um, I'm going to say shout out to you. you. You hella supportive. You're always supportive. Um, you oh, not just you, talk. Like when you say, I mean, and I ain't just saying this because I'm on your show. Um, like you actually do what you say you're going to do. When you say you want to support, you do. Um, you're really good with follow-up. So anytime you ever call me for anything, not just to be on the show, I'm going to do my best to be there for you. I mean, I would just really tell people that, um, man, during this time of COVID, take it easy on yourself. Mm. You know, like, don't 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 pressure yourself too much. Don't feel like every day has to has to be productive. And although it's, it's a hard time for everybody and things look a little bit different, um, you know, search for the blessing. Um, if you, if you look well enough, um, you will see that what COVID just did is remove the mask off a lot of things. Um, and, and if you, if you pivot and situate yourself properly, you can free yourself because, mm -hmm. you know, COVID just told everybody that your job can be done from home, that you do not have to go to work to do it. And there are some people who have to, but some of us don't. Um, it also gave us an opportunity to look at ourselves, to deal with ourselves in a way that we haven't had to. So a lot of times if the walls are closing in, it's not really the walls, it's you closing in on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I would just say engage your core, you know, to find, use this time wisely. And the only real tragedy, the only real tragedy is when things get going back up and the world kind of opens up, even though we'll have this new normal and masks will probably become standard. But when the, when the world opens up and the markets save themselves and rescue themselves or whatever, and they say the economy is back up and then like you feel, you start to feel that rat race coming back on, stop, breathe and ask yourself, do you really want to go back to where you were? Mm -hmm. Do you really want to go back to how things were? Right. Or do you want to just move a little bit differently? So the only real tragedy I would say is that if you come out of this on the other side, being the exact same person, mm -hmm. like something should change in you and about you, I would say. Um, and other than that, um, you can find us at theadinkragroup.com, T-H-E-A-D-I-N-K-R-A group.com across social media. 
via Dinko Group. You can find me on IG at the Heart Forever. Um, info at theadinkagroup.com for all inquiries. I got a book dropping soon. I got a few other things dropping soon, changing our program around. I got a whole repatriation program, business and investment. We build in our first city. So just holler. If you got a bag and you want to find, you want, you want to figure out what to do with it, definitely holler. Listen, listen, all of my bag holder friends, <laughs> the ones with the bags. Mm-hmm. We got spreadsheets to go with it. Listen. You know what I'm saying? We can answer your questions. Like, Listen, for for this ain't no ring. It. Listen, I need y'all to understand. This ain't no rinky ding <laughs> shit, okay? <laughs> These folks is too legit to quit. Paperwork is in order. This is a true business endeavor on both sides of the water. There's extensive connections. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. If you're if you if you're an opportunist and and you somebody who can who could who could see who has vision if you're somebody mm-hmm. who has vision i told y'all december 31st i said this is before covid before kobe before everything i was like 2020 is 2020 gonna be vision. i said 2020 is gonna be wonderful to the people that have vision and it's gonna mercilessly drag anybody who does not have vision and doesn't have the ability to execute it's just i said 2020 is just gonna roll your ass over before all of that stuff happened, the vast majority of people, and I put a post up about this the other day, vast majority of people in my circle, um, they're doing amazing things, homeschooling their children. They've started some businesses. They've revamped some businesses. You know, they have um, taken time away to take care of older family members. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They've taken time. Some people went and, and, and you know, worked on some personal things you know for themselves i know some people that just decided they were just gonna go to therapy you know they don't have to sit in anybody's office they can do it tele you know do telehealth now mm-hmm. i know people who never even thought about seeing a therapist who have been right. seeing therapists during COVID 19 because they were just a little bit more comfortable with the distance type of thing i, I was online with my therapist in Ghana. listen all day <laughs> all day real life real stuff <laughs> And so I've just been really impressed by what people are doing. There's a lot of my homegirls pregnant. I know what they was doing during the quarantine. Cause it's some, it's some, it's some little juices coming through. I'm ex- that's always exciting. It's some Covidantes and some Coronitas coming. <laughs> Covante. <laughs> yes. They coming. But you know what? They they coming because they were sent for. These are the children we mm-hmm. asked for. This is what we've been praying and begging and banging our fists on the table about yep. and you know we're being sent that thank you brother diallo for what you do i'm always excited to see what's going on i'm a huge fan of solutionaries and uh people who um move their feet a lot more than they move their mouth um my it's, mouth might move the same but you know but <laughs> listen to the thing you got the feet to back up the mouth the mouth right right right, right. you got the feet to, to, to back it up people be talking mm-hmm. and then they ain't even got no feet they ain't walk nowhere right 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 you know um you you always have a very balanced perspective you come from a beautiful place of of love for black people and I think that's I think that's why you and I hit it off so well because we have a very common love just off rip for black people. I don't care if you on the corner. 
I don't care if you're in the boardroom. I don't care if you're in the university, if you're around the way, whoever. I can find something in common with you. We can find a common ground um, because, you know, I, I, I'm very clear about it. And I'm sure you're clear about it, too, that our um, our success as a people really depends on our ability to connect and, and, yes. and network and interlock um, lives. You know, because there's a lot of misconceptions on both sides of the coin. There's a lot mm -hmm. of misconceptions about what African-Americans do or don't do on the continent. There's a lot of misconceptions about what we think as, you know, Af uh, you know, black Americans here about what's happening on the continent. And there's only a very few population of people on both sides who mm -hmm. has enough interaction with each other to have the range to even have those type of conversations. Everything else right. just be hearsay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I I enjoy people when people will be like, you know, well, well, they don't like us. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll just go, I'll pull up a video from TT Talks talking with some brothers that I may have met in Ghana. And mm -hmm. they saying, hey, we love black Americans. We want y'all to come <laughs> home. Right. I'm right. like, well, this ain't, right. what, this, this ain't what some folks say. <laughs> you know, they're- who said, who said they don't like us? Like, where you hear that at? Ooh, you know, I've heard some stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, your auntie probably said she ain't like your ass either. But you know, you still go to the family reunion. <laughs> right, right. You still go go to the reunion. But mm -hmm. you know, all jokes aside, <clears throat> I appreciate it. I'm always gonna, you know, elevate whatever you got going on because you know, you. I, I want us to um, continue to connect. I'm trying to get people over there. And going to Africa don't mean you abandoning nothing here. You know, mm -hmm. I really love the term birthright. I tell people all the time, all this shit mine. All this shit mine. Florida, Alabama, <laughs> Georgia, Ghana, Nigeria, uh -huh. all this shit mine. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. now if that's a colonizer mentality, I'm going to have to unpack that. <laughs> I'll unpack that later. No, but, it could all be yours. But seriously, you know, though, you know, my family, you know, we, we're from Florida. We're from Georgia. We're from Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma. South Carolina, mm -hmm. Geechee, all of that. And so mm -hmm. all of that's mine. If I get a house or a property in, in Ghana, even if I move to Ghana, even if I move to Ghana, you know what I'm saying? I'm still very clear on my people, my lineage on both sides mm -hmm. of the water. Um, and, and, and I think that it behooves us to have, uh, to develop relationships with your ancestry. If you wanted the black people uh, here who had, family that was here prior to the slave trade rep that shit rep africanancestry.com hey listen <laughs> I, we did, I did a show about that too <laughs> with Dr. Gina Page yes so uh, oh yes my reveal maternally Mende people of Sierra Leone what, what, who's your people were you Timnay I can't remember no my maternal Kulani of present day Nigeria uh -huh. and my paternal a tech day of present day Gabon. And Gabon, that's right. That's right. That's right. So yeah, African ancestry is dope. Um, I want to say episode eight or nine, I believe. It was the one either right before or right after Brother Diallo's. Um, I we talked with uh, uh, Dr. Gina Page from African Ancestry. So if you had any questions about that, take a listen to that show. It, it's it's mm -hmm. very interesting. We have the technology now to know... Um, specific details that you know several decades ago we just didn't have you know the access to 
Right. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about being a, a, a black person now is, yes, we're still dealing with a, a oppressive systems, but golly, the mm-hmm. access to information and just mm-hmm. the access to to, to, to knowledge. And it, it's it's so vast right now. Yes, it is. It is so vast. We can really you can really get some stuff done if you just stop digging I'm, I'm around on the Internet. I'm still amazed by Zoom call and FaceTime. Like, yeah, I'm still amazed by like that stuff is still amazing to me that because, you know, we ain't always have cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. It was in my lifetime. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, my grandfather, he'll be 102 in September. Woo! And when Woo! he was a little boy, he was here the first time Spanish flu came around in 1918. Mm-hmm. That was the year he was born. Yeah. And um, at at that age in the early 1920s, he couldn't have even fathomed something like the internet. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been able to even wrap his mind around what the internet is, what an email address is, right. shopping at online. All. What is an online, right. you know? Amazon. Listen, and he's still living, you know? So I'm wow. thinking about mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. when I was... A little girl what is something that i couldn't even wrap my mind around that'll probably be what it looks like when i'm 80 90 100 years yeah. old yeah. you know yeah. it'll be some yeah. some craziness you know what i'm saying you mm-hmm. know drones bringing power to your home and shit. <laughs> you know i don't know it, it, i don't know whatever it is right 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 it's gonna be something it's different. gonna be some follow this brother follow what he's doing support it share it Support me, share me. Y'all holla at my Patreon too because I'm I'm actually looking to do a series with expats. I checked your Patreon the other day. Check it again. I, I, I am. I'm gonna drop something in there. I'm drop drop something, something in there, there for a sister. I was learning Patreon and I was like, how does this thing work? So when I set my account up, I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yes. So you know, I'm trying to do a. I would love to do a series on expats in Ghana. I got some folks you can talk to. Just let me know. Yeah, I, I have a big goal to do that. So I've been um, uh, definitely trying to get more Patreon involvement so that I could be able to put resources together, you know, get a team mm-hmm. together and, you know, mm-hmm. get with the folks down there and, and just do a gotcha. whole series, a whole series on it. I'm excited okay. about it. People are asking me about it and I'd be like, hey, what better way to do it than for me to just go have conversations mm-hmm. with people that are actively doing it you know Dope. so we're gonna we're gonna link it up we're gonna do it i'm writing a book right now too so i feel you right on we in the <laughs> put arthur by our name we gotta put arthur by our listen. name that as another thing listen man it's, it's gonna be a beautiful <laughs> thing though i'm excited to support what you're doing you know you're always welcome you can come back anytime anytime you got some new shit popping you know come holla at tt and um it's gonna be beautiful thank you so much Thank you so much for vibing with me. Make sure you're following me on the social medias. Make sure you're sharing all of my content and keep being great. You didn't come here to do the least. Peace.